0: there, Knicks fans. Uh, How you doing? It is Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, Very, very honored to have someone joining us today from, I I don't think we've had a guest who has uh, joined us from as far away um, as our guest today. Uh, I'm very pleased to welcome to the program Jeremiah Jensen of uh, uh, kslsports.com. He covers the jazz. Um, How you doing, Jeremiah? I'm doing
1: well, Jonathan. Yeah. I am sure it's the first time you've had a sports broadcaster from Salt Lake City on and hopefully not the last.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, I, I my favorite ones to do uh, what I on these podcasts are talking to people about other teams just because, you know, we're like we were talking about a second ago. We're we're kind of in our own bubble over here and you guys yeah. have your thing over there. So I'm just I'm always just curious to find out, you know, what's going on with other teams, even if it's not, you know, something that has to do with the Knicks. But today Um, Obviously, there is uh, some crossover. So uh, the Knicks just made a move. Um, They uh, have hired Walt Perrin, who um, has been with the Jazz um, for uh, quite a long time. 19 Um, years. uh, That's that's rare. I feel like is is that and maybe is it different over there because you guys are such a well run organization or is it I mean, is that long for even for you guys?
1: Well, I mean, it's. I think it's long in any business, right? I mean, truthfully, but uh, I I think that here with the Utah Jazz, and and it it might even extend out into just the culture here in Utah. I I just think there's there's probably more patience here, uh, and there's more people hire people, and there's trust given, and if that trust is honored both ways, I think that relationships can you know go on and continue. There's not the pressure here. There's all there's pressure to win everywhere, but we don't have the pressure here in Utah to win now and do all these things that perhaps you have in New York city. And I, I just think it's a different culture and a different environment here. So yeah, I think that lends itself to that, but it's also a tribute to Walt Perrin himself because he's, he, he's the reason he's stuck around here for 19 years is because he's really, really good at what he does. And he's had a lot of success here with in his, in the role that he's had with the Utah jazz. And so I think that has more to do with his longevity in this business and here than anything. It's just the fact that he has earned that and he's been a valuable member of the Utah jazz organization for two decades now. And he's, he's been a tremendous uh, at what he's been doing in the NBA for three decades.
0: So, you know, a lot of times when, uh, you know, front office executives or scouts or what have you get hired from one team uh, to, to another media people, or maybe people with the team, you know, they'll say nice things when the person departs, but, there's also, you know, another level it reaches sometimes where the you could tell that it is a loss that will really be felt. And the impression that I got yesterday reading, you know, tweets from you and, and colleagues of yours in Utah are that this is one of those losses, that it, it is going to be felt within the Jazz organization. What What is the biggest reason for that, I guess, that that you could say?
1: I'll run through a couple of things. I think I have to start with just Walt himself. Uh, he, he's got exceptional character. He's a great person and he's very easy to talk to. Uh, he's gotten to build relationships here in 19 years. He's always treated everyone with respect. And, and I think we respect not only what he's accomplished as a professional, but we, we've gotten to know him, the human being. And so when you do that, it, and you, 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 you really admire a person. And when they, when they leave, you're like, oh, man, I'm really going to miss Walt. And I think that was the reaction yesterday is everybody here is really happy for him. I think everyone sees this as an opportunity that that he wants and that he's earned. And it's an opportunity to take his career to another level. And it's always, you know, when you develop relationships with people, you hate to see him go, but everybody here is very happy for him that he's going to get this opportunity. And I know I I messaged him yesterday, thanking him for everything and wishing him the best. And he said it was a hard decision for him because of the relationships that he has here. That he's built over the last 20 years he doesn't he actually doesn't even live here in utah he's based out of chicago but oh, he's wow. spent so much time here doing his job that he's built those relationships here and, and people here have recognized the work that he's done and i think that means a lot to him as well so uh th- that gives you a little bit of insight into his character but i think people here also recognize the contributions that he's made to the utah jazz and and you go through and, and you look at what he's accomplished as a scout, the work he's done with arranging workouts, and I'm sure we'll get into the details about you know Rudy and Donovan later on, but uh, people here recognize what he's done. And I, I think that you combine all those things together, the personal and the professional, and, and that's why you have so much admiration for him and what he's done and why he's going to be missed here so much.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I was going back and watching some of the interviews that you've done with Walt over. He, he's, he seems like a guy. He's incredibly generous with his time. He's sat with you and talked about the prospects, um, you know, ahead of each of, you know, the last several drafts that, that might be around when the Jazz are looking to pick. Um, he is a guy that you know you could just tell and I'm sure this is true of a lot of people in this business but it stands out with him. He's a guy that seems to do his homework and do a lot of it. Um, you know, talking about how many people they the jazz bring in every year, um and the drills that they put them through and the the specificity of of those types of things. Um it, it, it he just you know, it, is he a, a guy you think that will you know, bring a lot of that to an organization like the Knicks that quite frankly needs it um, a great deal. He's,
1: he works tremendously hard. Uh, He, he, he pays attention to detail. He's very well connected in the league and at the college level, um, even internationally, he's done a lot of international scouting as well. So uh, he has all those things and all those tools that's going to allow him to be successful. um, I think with the New York Knicks and because he's done it here in, in Utah, and I've watched him work. I've, I've had conversations with him and I know how well connected he is. I've, I've talked to other people about him too, but I will say this, and I've observed this, you know, all those things matter, but he just works really hard. He's everywhere. <laughs> if, you, if you're <laughs> at summer league, you probably run into Walt. If you're at any, any camp where um, college talent can be evaluated, you probably ran into Walt. He is everywhere. at Every one of these functions where any type of scouting is going on, um, I've even seen him at small college basketball games here in Utah, going to a game at, you know, at Weber State. You know, There's no stone left unturned with him. He's always at a game. He's always doing something, always at a camp or some kind of basketball event. So he's going to grind. And I think that you know, in this business, that's, that's essential. You have to be able to go out and want to do that kind of work. And he's going to bring that work ethic uh, to New York. And, you know, I don't know a lot about the situation over there. I'm, I, you know, a little bit about Phil Jackson and the lack of work that was yeah, going on for a while there. That wasn't so great. So <laughs> to have somebody in there that's a worker bee that's going to grind and it's going to go out and do that work and have a passion to do that, I, I'm sure that's going to be welcome in New York City.
0: It, it, it will. Um, you know, you mentioned both Donovan and, and Rudy before. I mean, you know, I think uh, those store Well, you know, I I, I I know those stories. I'm sure some of my listeners know those stories. But do you want to quickly maybe run through, you know, how, how – because you tweeted it yesterday. You said, you know, those two players would not be on the Jazz were it not for Walt Barron. What did you – what did you mean by that?
1: I feel very confident in that. Um, I'll, I'll tell share Rudy. I'll start with Rudy. So if you go back when Rudy was in the draft, not a lot was known about him coming out of France. Obviously, seven one, freakish long wingspan. But he was getting – Whipped pretty good in workouts and word was getting out that his workouts weren't going well and all these things. And we have Walt in, um, every year before the draft, he comes on our show sports beat and he gives a rundown. You've watched some of these clips, Jonathan, you know what I'm talking about, but he's very kind to do that. But he also spends a lot of time, you know, sharing the information he can with us. He doesn't tell us everything, Sure. but uh, I remember, the night that he came in to do that per- draft preview show with us, he, the, the, the guy that he was buzzing about for that draft was Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I'm like, Walt, are you serious, man? Like, you think the Jazz are going to draft another seven foot stiff? Like, why would you guys do that? He said, no, no, this guy's different. He's got an athleticism about him that you just don't see in guys that are 7 1. And then so th- he also noticed this is, is, you know, a lot of A lot of guys that are seven feet play basketball because they're big, not because they love it. Uh, He recognized in a young Rudy Gobert that he had a passion for the game of basketball. And you only learn that by spending time with somebody and doing that. That's what I'm talking about here with Walt is doing a lot of work and and having relationships, building relationships, having conversations face-to-face with draft prospects, talking to their coaches in France and talking to agents, all these things. He does that legwork. And he told us that, you know, that, that week before the draft, he says, I really like Rudy. I think he's going to go really high in the first round. And it was interesting. So the draft obviously happens and Rudy falls. And and all of a sudden, guess who's moving into the first round and making a trade with Denver to take him? It was the Utah Jazz. Well, I, I don't know everything that went on in the war room that night with the Jazz or what conversations they'd been having leading up to that draft. But um, I'm sure Walt played a hand in convincing. Um, Dennis Lindsay in the jazz front office to say, okay, we need to go get it this, this kid. And it took Rudy obviously a while to develop, but everything that Walt saw in him at that time has come true is Rudy has tremendous athleticism for someone who's seven one. And he has a tremendous passion for the game of basketball. and He wants to win. And that's why he's become an all-star. So now I'll tell the Donovan story. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell was a lottery prospect. The jazz had the 24th pick in that 2017 draft, there was no way it didn't make any sense. And this was the first um, workout for Donovan Mitchell. This was really early in the process. And we were excited. We saw Donovan Mitchell on this list and there were some other good, really good players in, in that list that were coming in to work out. It was a great workout. So it really caught our attention. So, and it was early in the process. And so we were looking forward to that. And, and uh, he, why is Donovan Mitchell working out with Utah Jazz? There's no way he's falling to 24. Well, it turns out that, Walt, who, and again, Walt Perrin would arrange, he, 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 organized jazz workouts and the jazz didn't work out 20 guys every draft. They're working out a hundred players. It's insane in the draft at this time. Not many franchises do that. And Walt was asked and trusted to organize these draft workouts that ended up being like a hundred to 120 prospects. It was amazing the work he did, and they were six
0: like, at a time, three on three, right? If I recall yes. correctly, yeah, yeah. There
1: was t- there were days where we had two workouts. There was one session in the morning and one in the afternoon, and they would work out twelve guys in a day. It was just insane the amount of work that the Jazz were doing personnel wise to get ready for a draft, and and Walt was right at the heart of it. Um, and so Walt was in charge of organizing these draft these draft workouts, and. Walt organized the Donovan workout and it turns out that Donovan or sorry Walt had a relationship with Donovan's agent Ty Sullivan mm-hmm. and 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 Ty wanted Donovan to have a really good experience in his first workout and and he trusted Walt and he knew the Utah Jazz organization was a really quality organization again those are the kind of things that Walt can do with the Knicks now is he has that reputation he has that trust with agents, and the Jazz had a reputation as that, at that time as being a good place for an athlete to go work out. And they also had started to develop a reputation as a program that was really good at player development. And so that was really attractive to an agent to give Donovan this opportunity. So Donovan, who is not going to go 24th, comes in and works out with Utah Jazz. And so Donovan comes in and just absolutely destroys it in this workout. He's just unbelievable. And the story goes that um, Dennis Lindsay, who's the Jazz Vice President, he's the GM at the time, he turned to everybody, the staff at one point in the dra- at the workout, and he said, if any of you tell anyone what happened today, you will be fired. <laughs> they didn't want anybody knowing what they saw. They were, fell in love with Donovan. And I think from that point on, their work shifted from who who they're going to draft to, okay, how do we trade up to find a way to get Donovan Mitchell? And I think, obviously, the rest is history, right? But that workout does not happen, and that moment in jazz franchise history doesn't happen without the work and the relationships that Walt Perrin developed, and he 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 deserves credit for a lot of that. And so those are the Rudy and Donovan stories as it relates to Walt. Is if he doesn't have those experiences and he and he doesn't do that homework that he does, and like I call it homework, if he doesn't do the work that he does. Then it's a good chance the Jazz don't move up in the first round to take Rudy Gobert at 27. It's it's a good chance the Jazz don't get Donovan in for the workout and they and they don't end up trading up for him. So think about how much different things would be if it weren't for the work of Walt Perrin. So that's why in my tweet I I, I mean I mean that that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell may not be members of the Utah Jazz if not for the work that Walt Perrin did for the Utah Jazz.
0: Well, I mean, you talk about imagine how things uh, could be different. Imagine here in New York if uh, they (laughs) had if if Donovan Mitchell was drafted instead of Frank Nolokina. And we love some of us love Frank here. I'm one of them. But I mean, look, he's Donovan Mitchell's Donovan Mitchell. Um, And. You know, you – the other thought is that you'd think at some point Denver would stop trading with Utah, but that's you know, <laughs> conversation for a different day. They still haven't learned their lesson. Yeah, apparently not. But, you you know, you talk about Utah as an organization, and I, I guess maybe that's the the last thing I want to touch on because – and you mentioned earlier, you know, this was a hard decision. Um You know, we read a few weeks ago, the Knicks made another hire, uh, Brock Aller from Cleveland. And apparently he was a little torn about whether to come to the Knicks because, I mean, let's face it, um, you know, the stories are out there. It's it's not any secret that things don't always go well for um, for executives, for coaches, for players when they come here. And it seems like Leon Rose is looking for character in the guys that he's bringing in. Um, which is interesting because every time I heard Walt speak about draft prox- prospects, he would speak about how character was important to him. Um, and, and I guess it's you know, do you think he'll be able to make that adjustment from an organization like the Jazz, who I'm look, I'm happy to say it, they're one of the I don't know two, three, four best in the league, to an organization that again I it, it we need a facelift here. Um, yeah. And that's why we're excited about this. Do you, how do you think that transition is going to be for him?
1: Well, I think that the, the experience is going to make this easier for Walt. Look, I mean, we all know. I mean, it, it, it's tough in New York, right? Um, we we know how hard it is to impress and, and to stick around there and, and to to have an impact. Uh, it, it takes somebody that's pretty tough, right? Um, you, you, and I think Walt is tough, and he's he's been doing this for three decades. He has a lot of confidence in what he's doing. And I also look at the situation, so I know this, that um, Walt has a long time relationship with Scott Perry. And I think that matters. I think that Walt wouldn't have taken this job if he didn't feel uh, good about the people he was going to be working with. And I think that really matters. Relationship matters, and more specifically, relationships of trust matter. And I don't think Walt takes this job if he doesn't have a relationship of trust. With Scott and, and, I'll probably, and probably Leon Rose. I, I haven't talked to Walt specifically about Leon, but Leon being an agent, I'm sure they've worked together quite a bit, and I'm sure there's a relationship there as well, and I think that plays a part in this as well. Walt, I think, feels that he can go there and be successful. He wouldn't walk away from, the, the, from what he has here in Utah and, and feel like he was going to fail in New York. I think he's going there believing he can succeed, and I think he has the confidence to do that. I think he has the experience to do that. And I think that's going to go a long ways. And I think that's—I can't speak for the Knicks organization, and I, I don't—I don't follow the Knicks organization on a daily basis. I'll, I, you, you spell it out pretty clearly early on, and I'll tell you the, the 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 reputation that the Knicks organization has right now in the league isn't good. But how do you change that? You bring in people that have, from another culture that has been successful, and and Walt has been successful here in Utah. And there's a little bit of Spurs culture here in Utah, sure. and so I think that's part of also. You know, that, that that kind of culture, that winning culture and doing things the right way and character matters and all those things. He's going to bring that to the table in New York. And I think that's going to be refreshing for that organization. I hope for the best for Walt. I hope it works out. I really do. And uh, I, I, have, I have, this is, I, am, I guess I'm a little biased because I have a relationship with Walt and I, I think of the world of him. But I, I hopefully, as, as Knicks fans are listening all these things I'm talking about, these are the things that lend to success, right? And I think, as long as James Dolan lets these guys do what they what they're capable of doing and let Walt just go to work and, and find some of those diamonds in the rough, I think this this can be successful, and if there's patience involved as well, so I think that Walt can go there and be successful and be a part of something successful and help uh, change a culture there that's that's in need of change.
0: Um, it, very well said, and that's music to Nick fans' ears. Uh, speaking of Nick fans, they, they would kill me if I did not ask one quick one about Donovan Mitchell before I let you go, just because, you know, I mean, look, he, he is. He is from the area. I mean, yep. Nick fans are always looking for signs. You know, we love signs, even little ones. Um, and, and Utah Jazz fans
1: are very insecure because <laughs> they think everyone's going to leave us. The well, second, they have an opportunity. So let
0: me, let's let let me ask you that. I mean, is where is the fear factor right now in the Jazz fan community about Donovan? I mean, in the whole the Rudy thing happened. It seems like that has been buried. Is that fair to say? I mean, where do things stand right now? So I feel
1: like it's been buried. I feel like they're... Donovan hasn't spoken on it. So until Donovan speaks on it, I, I can't officially bury it permanently. Um, Rudy has. Rudy. Rudy they says they've talked. Other teammates laugh about it. They don't think it's that big of a deal. Dennis Lindsay spoke on last week that the both, both guys know that they need each other to win a championship. So I think that they're moving on from that. Um, as far as Donovan long-term here... Donovan Mitchell has been the perfect fit here in Utah. He's embraced this community. He is as popular as John Stockton and Carl Malone ever were. And that's saying wow. a lot. And he's done that in three years. Don, every, every kid in Utah wears a Donovan Mitchell jersey. I have two boys. They both have Donovan Mitchell jerseys. <laughs> he wow. is so loved and so popular here. And he's already done so many great things in this community. And so Donovan has been terrific. And uh Donovan's a great person. He's, you know, he's got a great family. You you may know that maybe you get, you may do. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, he's just such a perfect fit here. And he's one of those high character guys. Um, I don't, I'm, I, to get in Donovan's head right now, I don't know what Donovan wants long-term. I can tell you this, the Jazz are going to offer him a max extension here um, in the off season and he'd be crazy not to take it. Right. So um, he's going to be here probably four more years at least. And at that point, when he becomes an unrestricted free agent, what's the situation here? I don't know. Where's Donovan going to want to go? I don't know. Uh, everybody here hopes he's going to be here forever. But we know how the NBA works right now, and that's not always the case. And things can happen quickly. I mean, six months ago, we thought everybody on the – everything was even even two months ago, we thought everything was great for the Jazz. Rudy and Donovan were all-star game together. Yeah. Everything was great. And then all of a sudden, we have a rift over, over the, this situation. And so things can happen quickly. So I, I guess that's what I'll give to Knicks fans right now is that's what I know for certain is Donovan's loved here. Donovan loves this place back. Donovan's probably going to end up signing an extension, a max extension. So he's probably going to be here for four more years. And at that point, um, you know, he'll be an unrestricted free agent. He'll have that opportunity to go back home if he wants. I think he's home right now. Um, but um, that's what we know at this point. Um, if Jazz fans have their way, he'll never leave. Um and Donovan will probably tell you right now, and it's probably the truth, that he, he's happy here and he doesn't want to go anywhere. But as we know in the NBA, things can change quickly.
0: Uh, how about this? You guys keep Donovan Mitchell and Walt Perrin finds us our own Donovan Mitchell and then everybody's happy. And- I think
1: that is a fair trade. <laughs> how about that? Let's, let's agree on that.
0: Um, Jeremiah Jensen, um, thank you so much for coming on and giving the time. Uh, really, I mean, this was, it, it's always great to talk to someone who is so plugged in, um, you know, with another team because I, you know, I always say it, it, you could only root for one team, but until you know what's going on with other teams, it's like you really don't know what's going on because the, you know this is an ecosystem in the NBA that is all you know it's so interwoven and in the whole thing. Um, I really appreciate you giving it t- the time. Uh, can you just tell uh, Nick fans where they can see you, where they could find you?
1: Oh yeah, uh, Sports dot com. Um, if you're looking for, especially when the Jazz play the Knicks, um, you can find content there. But um I'm I'm on Twitter as well Sportsfeet, facebook instagram all those things but uh you'll find me uh, often on Twitter and uh yeah if any uh, Knicks fans want to see some old Knicks jazz highlights hit me up and I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll post some video on Twitter we've got a whole extensive archive that goes back to the early 80s So I can dig up some uh, Patrick Ewing, Bernard King, you name it. I've got it. It
0: it felt like we never beat you guys in the 90s. That's (laughs) my recollection is we never beat you guys. But, yeah, uh, I'm sure those are some great clubs. Um, Thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate the time. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks.
1: You got it, Jonathan. Hopefully uh, you'll have a a Salt Lake broadcaster on another time soon. (laughs) Would love to. Be well. You got it. Thanks.